What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end Battle of Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And uh, we're the Salty Dogs. We are. And what we do mostly is talk about Buccaneers football, although Jeff sometimes leads us off on tangents. I know, and I'm going to try really hard this episode. I like the tangents. Stay focused. Let's see if you can. First thing I want you to do right off the bat before we forget, last week we had a question from a Stephen Larson in Texas. I thought it was San Diego. Nope, it was Amarillo, 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 Texas. Yep. And he was trying, he wants to listen to the games on the radio, and we didn't really have a great solution for him. Since then, you have realized there is yep. something you can tell him. Yeah, I should have. I, I forgot about it, and afterwards, driving home, I was like, oh, Game Pass. If you go to NFL.com, you can find Game Pass, and I think it's nine ninety five a month, and you can get any broadcast you want um, in, in the NFL. So if you have a favorite team and you don't live in the area that you can pick it up off the Internet, you can get it on uh Game, game Pass off of NFL Network, or whether it's NFL.com. And it's obvious. If you punch up there, you'll see it. It, it, it helps you out. Okay, so I'm actually going to let Mr. Larson know okay. in an email here. Casey doesn't catch that, it to that he should, to, to listen in so he can get that. Sure. Um, so. And that's, so. That's, a, you know, that's a good thing. Okay, so. And that it, would explain why I can't just run mine. So oh, everybody could that. get it because yeah. of that, because it's an that NFL right. big okay. deal. Yes. Um, and th- and starting off with that is actually good thematically here, because this week <clears throat> we are not going to have a guest as a player, uh, because as I noted last week, we got a ton of emails and we couldn't answer them all, but we promised we would. And since then, I've gotten more. And I just don't think there's any way we can hold on, you know, uphold our promise unless sure. we spend one episode just nailing a lot of these. Yeah. So this is going to be the special mailbag episode. This is all about <laughs> you, not you, them. I know. You weren't pointing at me when you said that. You and I, Jeff, will still do a little bit of talking here sure. about the uh, Bills game, about the upcoming Saints game, and other things that have happened. Yep. But then we'll get to we'll get just straight to your questions for a good portion of this show. Sounds like a plan. Also, the other thing I wanted to start with, Jeff, is uh, covid Okay, before you go there. Oh, yeah, we got to do your do thing. Some, let's do something positive here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If you're thinking about wings and you're thinking about beer or you think about beer first and then wings, nobody combines them like Beef O'Brady's. They're our proud sponsor. Start with their award-winning traditional 
or boneless wings. They have a variety of sauces and dry rubs. And next, you get to pick your brew. They have a wide variety. All your faves are on tap at Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer time and wing time all the time. And this week with a late game, boy, you got to you got to. I guess you peeps. go there beforehand. Yeah. True story, Jeff. Okay. Last week, last Sunday, the Bills game. You know, we're by the time we're done with it, it's in the evening. Yeah. Started at 425. Yep. So I'm actually sitting in a in a booth trying to write the post-game report, and I get a text on my phone, which, I, you know, I'm not thrilled about because I'm trying to concentrate. Yep. But it's from my wife, and true story, it was, thinking about going to get some wings from Beefs. Do you want anything? <laughs> true you story. Said, you said, I sign said, me I'm up. Glad I, no, actually, it didn't feel like wings, so I got a prime rib sandwich. And it was yeah, but good. still, you got something from Beefs. That's I know, nice. I, and I'm not making this up to pander to our sponsors. That no, actually happened. That's a true story. <clears throat> and the booth you were in were the visiting coaches' booth. So uh, yeah, because when they ch- clear out, well, I they, go in there and take it over yeah, so I can have quiet. They clear out quickly. And they probably cleared out even more quickly this time Yeah, in, in frustration. Yes. Uh, I was going to say that a big story this week in the NFL is COVID. It Certainly is. These, and probably because we had this, you know, we've been having holidays. and Yeah. Um, Two um, weeks after Thanksgiving, all of a sudden cases are rising. Washington Qu- has something like 21 guys on their list now. Goodness. Cleveland, I think, maybe has 18. Can you imagine having to deal with that? Uh, uh, knocking on wood. Well, so far, the, it's going well down here. And one thing Bruce Arians said earlier this week is, well, it's warm down here. Sure. So we're outside a lot more. We're not cooped up together. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It does. And, and if you do, I mean, even Thanksgiving was nice. So if you were going to get together, a lot of times you are outside, which makes a big, big difference. Um, but I liked what he said about that. That's true. Um, unfortunately, uh, the cases are going up. Right. And um, I just, know, it, it's scary because I, it's worse for the NFL this year than it was last year. I know, year. I know. And that's simply because things are open. Yeah. Where be, last year it wasn't. Because of the vaccine. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that's the problem because most of these guys who get these COVID cases don't mm. really have bad symptoms, Mm-mm. but and they that's have to miss a game. And that's because of having the vaccine. Right. Mm-hmm. They have to miss a game and so, so that they don't um, pass it on to everybody else. Right. But I just hope that this season doesn't come down to which team has the fewest COVID nobody, issues. Nobody wants that. No, Nobody wants to see the competition drop down. Nobody, you know, it's amazing. I can't remember a season with so many exciting games on the prime time. You oh, know, whether it's, whether it's a Sunday night game, a Monday night game, a Thursday night yeah, game. Yeah, there have been some good ones. Um, just Ours was. Ours well, was, we we weren't. Yeah, but time. we were a late game. We were a prime time game, and, and by the time when because we went to overtime, we were the only game on. So, so if you were going, over. yeah, if you were going to sixty minutes, you weren't getting it. You were you were getting the bucks and the bills. Yes, and it ended in a just dramatic fashion, uh-huh. which was awesome. It wasn't awesome how we got there, blowing a twenty-four to three halftime lead. But see, I don't, I don't necessarily know if you're. I don't like the term you're blowing it. Well, I I'm think, sorry, we blew it. Well, I just think they got they started to get it together. Yes, but we had many opportunities to put them away. And we did. Just That's one or true. two plays here and there, like mm-hmm. a completion on third down over the middle to a wide receiver, an, a wide open wide right. receiver. There were all kinds of opportunities for us to put it away. We blew our chances mm-hmm. to put it away. But I will say this. At halftime, we asked Bruce Arians, what do you need to do in the second half? And he said, we need to play. There's 30 minutes left yeah, in this game. It's far from over. And yeah, and when he said it, I was thinking, well, it's 24-3. Isn't that the nice thing to say? But 
I don't think it was true. I don't think that the that Aaron's and his staff are guilty of not keeping the foot the uh, no, foot they're the, not the gas pedal in those situations. Right. I think they're more Bruce for, in particular is more than happy to be aggressive. Oh yeah, and try to get more points and not try to sit on a lead. It's just yeah. he didn't execute. No, no, and no. it was it got really scary to the point of. Man, I really feel like we should win this game. Right. We have 488 yards of offense by the end. And, Crazy, huh? And uh, and it just has to come down to that one play. But, uh, well, but the thing too is is that as as mad as people were about the defense giving up so much in the second half, they made this, they made the key stop when they needed to well, make. Well, they made it. two of them. Um, the one at the goal line. Yep. And to to make sure that it was just a tie and we weren't three points you know, only. down by four with sure with. 20 seconds left uh-huh. and then the the one because buffalo won the coin flip and had they scored a touchdown game over tom brady never gets to touch the ball. see i still don't like that i i i know it's a problem. i know in the playoffs everyone gets the ball once they they change it during, for the playoffs did you know that you're looking at me like i i don't know what I'm i don't about. know that and yeah. i also don't know that that's right okay so while you and try to prove yourself right, this is our <laughs> annual, this is our weekly exercise, and we're about fifty-fifty, I think, uh-huh. on these, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I will start talking about. I'm, I'm going to put the fifty-eight-yard game winner on hold for a second. Okay. Other than that, your favorite things from the game. Since right. you're looking up something, I'll go first. Okay. Um, Mike's touchdown catch, Mike Evans' touchdown oh, catch. That was pretty. Catch. That was a thing of beauty, because you could see what happened. You know, after the play. You could you could tell what happened. Um, Brady saw where Mike was and where the defender was, and purposely threw it high and hard because he's like, I can't, I have to throw it high to get over the defender, but I know that there's a chance that Mike Evans will be able to go up and get this ball. Uh-huh. And I mean, he's up there with his fingertips snatching uh-huh. that ball with his fingertips, Jeff. It was unbelievable. And pulling it down and like holding it in his hands, not tucking it, just holding it in his hands on his chest. Because he was going to land on his back, which he did, and he landed on his back, and the ball didn't wiggle at all. He held on. So it was, it was. Mike's had an awful lot of touchdowns. It is crazy, and that may not be the prettiest one ever that he's had, but it was, it was up there. Okay, overtime rules for the NFL postseason games. Unlike regular season games, oh. what is the source? Uh, Operations.nfl.com. Good source. Uh, unlike regular season games, postseason games cannot end in a tie. So That's the overtime rules that change already. slightly for the playoffs. They change slightly. If the score is tied at the end of over, we know that. Uh, okay. Let's see. What does it say? Coin talk. Each team gets three times out uh, if there's no. You said that each team like you thought it was yeah. going to be the sentence you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, I'm not. That's not the sentence I want. You thought it was going to say each yeah. team gets yeah. the ball no matter right. what. Yeah, they. I don't think so, Joe. I, uh, the difference is that you have to keep playing overtimes because you can't end at a tie. Right. But maybe that's maybe that's. But what, it's still yeah. the same thing. If you, they. Te- but see, that's unfair. I, I still that that it's, does. It, that, they, 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 I know. They made uh-huh. it fairer than it used to be. Right, because it used to be well, first score, no matter what. It was sudden death, as, as they like to call it. Right. Now you can't just go down there and get get a thirty yard drive and kick a field goal. The only way you can win. On the first drive is if you score a touchdown. Right. But still, the first the team that wins the coin toss obviously has a much better chance of being the first one to score a touchdown. Uh-huh. So I agree with you. It's not fair. I'm not sure what the perfect solution is. I personally kind of like the um, the college method 
but I know a lot of people who do not and don't, don't think it's yeah, a good I fit like with the that. NFL. No. You could probably stop looking because the answer you're looking for is not in there. Really? Well, for whatever reason, I thought that was the well, – that was, or I mean, maybe it was a, a lot of things that maybe aren't it, true. Maybe it was the um, – Maybe it was competition committee they were talking about. Maybe that that could be too. That could be true. Um, but I don't know why if you if you found a way that you felt was more equitable, why wouldn't you just use it in the postseason and not in the regular season as well? Well, there's that too. See, right? this is the kind of tangents that I was talking about, well, Jeff. Well, it's just fun. To, it's just fun stuff. All right, but I was trying to do favorite things from All the right, game. Go ahead. I gave you one Mike's catch, and I also Carlton Davis was the guy on the spot on both of those two stops that we talked about. Uh-huh. He didn't ha- technically have a pass defense on either one, right? But where he was, his presence made it difficult for the quarterback to get the ball to the receiver because the coverage was so good. It was awesome. It was awesome. My favorite thing was was Zach Orth. <laughs> running to get the ball. not He's not a ball boy. Everyone kept calling him a ball boy. Ronda did in his I video. Know, I know. <laughs> he, if he, he's not a ball boy. Watch the film session videos by Ronda every week. They're very uh, good. team operations, uh, coordinator of team operations. <laughs> Works with Tim Jarocki. Uh-huh, who is director of team operations. Uh, they, they do a lot of travel stuff. They handle a lot of stuff. Um, what I liked about the play was... That was his job to get the 700th ball, mm-hmm. and he did the one job he was supposed to have. He didn't get caught up in the moment, <laughs> didn't get caught up in the excitement. Had to make a little bit of a move around hey, uh, Joe, I think Joe Tryon Shrinka. Yeah, and then and uh, right, right past uh, BP, didn't, didn't, you know, yeah. didn't touch him, nothing, and the ball was still spinning, still spinning. and he picked it up on <laughs> the spin. If you, if you don't know what we're talking about, Tom Brady has been breaking a lot of records this year. Tons. And uh, that means that every time he breaks a record, somebody want they want to get him the ball for that moment. Right. And this was the touchdown that won the game was the 700th of his career if you count the playoffs. Obviously, the only guy ever to do that. People like those big round numbers, and so the 700th ball was important. Mm-hmm. And we went in the game knowing how many he needed to get there. And since he'd already, I believe, had one earlier in the game. Right. Um, <clears throat> everybody knew on the sideline that the next one was 700. And so I don't know who all four people were, but but Zach and Tim Jaraki were two of the four that po- posted themselves up in the in the two end zones uh-huh. so that they were ready to come running in and grab the and, ball. And the reason and the reason for that is that they didn't want to go through what happened yes. before where Tim Jaraki had to go to a fan, talk to him, negotiate mm-hmm. to get the ball back. So after after Mike, Mike Evans, Evans gave away his record touchdown. Ball. Right. So no, no, um, it was a Tom Brady ball. Right. He gave away a Tom, Tom Brady hit like I think it's when Tom Brady got his 600th regular season touchdown right. earlier this year. Okay. Are you still trying to prove yourself right on the number? No, I. You were talking about COVID before. Oh yeah. There's new rules for the NFL. Just came. Just out. came out just mm-hmm. now. Just right now. Well, let, we can talk about that. Tell me okay. what they are. Uh, right now, as we begin, uh, immediately effective uh, at the conclusion of Week 15 games. Daily testing, right? Uh, people in Tier 1 and Tier 2 are prohibited to be held outdoors or in the practice bu- bubble. Let's see. All meetings what? All meetings must be conducted virtually. Oh, wow. Indoor masking. All players. And Even staff. if you can be outside? Um, unless they are outdoors. Okay. Or in a practice <clears throat> bubble, which, which we're we lucky. We, we, we have a great indoor practice facility, indoor masking. All players and staff must wear masks when indoors, including in the weight room, regardless of vaccination status. I'm, I'm, I think that's right. 
I'm glad they're doing yep. that, but it's a bummer because I've gotten used to not wearing masks around yep. the office again. Yeah, masks are not required outdoors or during practice. That's good. Um, weight room, no more than 15 players, meal rooms. So this will start on Tuesday. S- yeah, staff and players will not be permitted to eat together uh, well, we regardless of various, but we don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore anyway. Uh, team travel. Um, Holy moly. Uh, all tier players will be prohibited from visiting Receiving visitors at the team hotel okay, or going out to new. dinner. That's new. We, we were already doing the going out yeah, part. Yeah, self-imposed. Tier, yeah. Uh, tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 staff members are going to be subject. Um, let's see. What do we got? Uh, we are not allowed to uh, gather outside. With uh, other tiers. With other tiers. Right, because that would be a big loophole. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I'm just looking through some of this real quick. Uh, tier one and tier staff. Um, you can't attend indoor nightclubs, indoor indoor bars, uh, with more than see, ten people. We need to get this over with. Yeah. Um, no attending indoor. So pretty much everything that was going on last year, it's dropped back okay. in. Okay. All right. Um, and then H- testing. How much more are you just gonna? I don't want to talk about COVID. That no. Much more no. Um, uh, let's see. If All I, right. I think that's enough on that, Jeff. I think we have to get tested every day. Uh, okay, let's yeah. talk about it later. All right. Can we move on to football? Sure. You're irritating me at this point. Why? Because you're just kind of droning on about these new COVID rules, yeah. and, and uh, you know, we get the gist. All right. It's becoming more restrictive. Well, as I said, it Can we back, talk about football now? It goes now? back to last year. Okay. Cool. Football I'm now? Like, football it is. Did you realize that the Bills did not hand the ball off to a running back in the entire first half in the game? Yes, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize it at the time. And yet somehow they finished the game with 173 rushing yards and 9.1 yards per carry. Well, they started to run in the second half, and they also have a quarterback that has pretty light on his feet. (laughs) Yeah, well, and strong and powerful. Yeah, he... uh, that was something else, and it's it's a bit of a concern considering that the next quarterback we have to face is another guy who likes to run and is good at it and is hard to tackle. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Right. It is. It is. I don't know. You know, last last week I made a comment about Josh Allen, and I, I was saying how people were on him and everything. We the, it, the guy. I, I have to tell you, he's a gamer. I, if if I were to if I were to pick up on that thread there, the way I remember this conversation, Jeff, was that you said that everybody was on. Josh Allen in the, for having a subpar year, yeah. and I said I thought he was still having a pretty darn good year. Yeah, well, you were right. And then he goes and run, throws for over 300 yards, runs for over 100 yards. He's only the fourth quarterback ever to do that in a game. And yeah. the others were Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. Crazy. So, um, But I just thought, to do, I'll tell you about it. I said it on your radio broadcast when I got interviewed before the game. Uh-huh. I thought and I had heard the guy they had on from the Bills, um, you know, because they always interview a guy from, that covers the other team mm-hmm. right before they interview me. Sure. And I caught the end of it, and he just, as I was saying to um, to your guys, I, he knows what he's talking about. I can't remember the guy's name, Jay, I think it was. Uh-huh. He obviously, as a guy covering the Bills every day, knows what he's talking about, knows way more about the Bills than I do. And it was a lot of very like not positive stuff. And of course, they were seven and five, and now they're seven and six, and they went thirteen and three last year. Yeah. So they had really high hopes for this year. Very much so. But I'm telling, I'm like, take a long, take a you know, zoom out and take a bigger picture look here, guys, because this team came into that game leading the NFL not only in points differential but in yardage differential, and they still had an awesome quarterback that even if he wasn't playing as well as he did last year, uh, was still playing very well. Right. I'm like. I don't, you know, the, their guy was didn't think that 
that they would finish within 10 points of us. And, and I'm telling these guys, I'm like, I think this is going to be a much tougher game than you, than people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And then at halftime, I'm like, wow, I got that one wrong. Cause it was 24 to three and we were just dominating. I almost text you. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, told you, but to my great, <laughs> but I didn't to my great disappointment. I was uh, proven correct. That, that was a, that was a very good game. That was it was a, an entertaining it was, game. It was yeah. a very entertaining game and a packed house. It was just uh, jammed all over the place, but it go, we haven't had to feel this very much. I don't think in, in the Tom Brady era, but you remember how we'd have games where just stuff, I almost said a word that was not as right. nice as stuff. Same. Uh, th- that stuff seemed inevitable. Like, yeah. uh, we've got a 10-point lead, but yeah. all of a sudden we can't you, stop. Yeah, we can't get a stop on third. That's the way it felt during the majority of that fourth quarter. Uh, after, with like nine minutes left, uh-huh. after we failed to, first of all, we failed to capitalize on the interception by Sherman before halftime. Right. And then we failed to capitalize on... I think something did they go for it on fourth down or something early in the third they quarter, did. and so we had great field position and once again failed to capitalize. And I'm starting to think, mm. and that was where you had talked about where they could have put the game away and been a couple times that. really, yeah. but yeah, yeah, they could have put the game away and they just couldn't do it. Um, I'm not really complaining because the Bucks were ten and three and they did win the sure. game. Sure, but I don't know. So. Let's get to Isn't the end it of it. Funny when you win games. Now it's now it's how you win yeah, the game. Yeah, here I am complaining. Where, right? where where not too long ago we were just happy to win a game. Well, and yes, that oh, is a valid criticism. So even if it's not minutes criticism, but, criticism is valid. But that's the beauty about sports. There's always improvement. And no I'm the what. one. I'm the guy who's said on this podcast several times that I don't think fans realize the extent to which players and coaches do not care one bit. How the win happened. Sure. They don't care if you think it was an ugly win or if you almost blew it. Right. They won. That's all they care about. I'm telling you. No style points in football. They don't care that you think your opponent, the opponent you played that week was terrible Mm -hmm. uh, or they had injuries. None of that matters. None of it. So I shouldn't be complaining about how this one came about. And I'm not really meaning to complain. I'm just explaining the feelings that I was having as the lead was evaporating and it just seemed inevitable. Uh, But (laughs) all's well that ends well. So let's talk about overtime. Okay. Obviously, we get the three and out. That's sure, awesome. Sure, that was great. But then their punter blasts like a 65-yard punt. That was an incredible that punt. went out of bounds at the six. Yeah, I, uh, I, it was like... <sighs> and you're thinking, there's not a lot of 90-plus-yard drives in the NFL, because no. to go that far, unless you have some really big play involved... Now, the good news is you didn't have to go that far, because... Yeah, we only need a field goal. Only that's a good a point. Field goal. That's a good point, and that's what the Bucks were going for, sure, really. Sure, yeah. Um, but it's hard to go that far, and, and you start thinking... In, in, in regulation, like, okay, we'll try, um, but at least if we can make some field position difference before we punt it away, um, then at least we've made a difference. But in a 10-minute overtime, and you're the second drive, there's already probably down to like eight minutes at this point, mm-hmm. you're probably, if you're punting, you're probably not getting the ball back. No. and So you got one shot at this. Yeah, and I was thinking, I don't want to tie. No, I, ju- I just don't want to tie. Yeah, I don't either. Because because it, it it doesn't help you. It, it, it well, I mean, it helps you. you more than a loss. Yeah, but you don't want. I don't want to tie. And so we didn't. The Bucks did not have to end up on a tie. No. Um, we got a very helpful p- uh, defensive pass interference penalty that was drawn by Mike Evans. Right, and a lot of people are arguing about all the. Uh, right, a lot of people who happen uh, to have uh, a lot of Buffalo beer. Who happen who, who happen to live in Western New York? Yes, have they might have some red and yeah. blue in their closet. Yeah, they have a feeling that. Well, I, I will say I will say this: they they are called the Buffalo uh, Mafia, and um, they did do um, a a fundraiser. 
for. They've done this before, by the way. Yeah. But they still raise $40,000 for the sight-impaired um as, as sort of a joke on like yeah. the refs can't sure. sing. but I but but at least they're doing something. I like the organiz- the organization that got the money is like, while we recognize that referees do <laughs> not have vision problems, <laughs> we appreciate the money. Yeah, we'll cash that check. No I'm problem. not really even gonna get no. Gonna, I just gonna like slack funny. on Bills fans no. because we're not in their position and if we, no. and it's hard to be objective. Hey, they're having a hard go because they thought that the New England Patriots, they finally <laughs> got their nemesis taken care of. They're going to win. And they're back. And they're back. Right. <laughs> you just, and they have to go play them again. Not only are they back, but it's possible that they also have quickly found their next quarterback for the next long period I, of time. And I that's got to stick in the crop uh, of no. any fan in, of teams in that division. How it's does, like the Packers. How does that happen? It's like the Packers moving to, directly from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I've been in the NFL, Jeff, for 30 <laughs> seasons now, and the Packers have had one of the best quarterbacks in the league for every single right. one of them. That's right. ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? So we get to overtime. We get close to midfield, still not in field goal range, that's for sure, and you're facing a third and three, and that's when the fateful play happens. Yeah. Uh, it's a 58-yard touchdown catch and run by Brashad Perryman, who was targeted for the very first time on that play in the whole game. And he wasn't on the team a few weeks ago. Yeah, but like a month ago. Yeah. Like we signed him to the practice squad, immediately elevated him for a couple games because we were short on receivers, and then we just signed him to the regular season roster. And this, you know, we're familiar with Brashad Perryman sure. from 2019. We didn't have Tom Bray back then, but he was, was with – Arians and company. And he made an interesting comment coming into the locker room. He said he could feel the difference of guys that were here in 2019, how they, I don't necessarily know if it's carried themselves or how they felt, but he said he could feel the different energy in the mm. locker room. Yeah, I guess he, I, would, he which, would know. Which, yeah. He had the break in between, and so he had a clean break so mm-hmm. we could sort of compare the two. So here's the play. The Bucks have um, – Brashad Perryman, and uh, uh, Brashad Perryman is one of the receivers over to the left, uh-huh. as is Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski is on the end of the line on that side, yeah. and Mike Evans is alone. So it's it's kind of like what you'd call a three-by-one uh, with Mike Evans alone at the top, and then Leonard Fournette stays in the backfield and blocks. I won't get into all the routes, sure. but, but the point is that they were in man-to-man at the snap, and Godwin went in slight motion to go just inside – Perriman, who had been in the slot, and you see the two corners switch who they're covering. And the corner that's now covering Perriman is like eight yards off. And so when Perriman's route is an immediate, you know, kind of shallow cross, that guy can't make up the difference. And not only does he not close the ground, but when Mike Evans, they call it a mesh route, I guess, when Mike Evans comes running across the field in the opposite direction, the corner that was supposed to be covering Rashad Perriman uh, for some reason decides to join another guy who's already covering and now they got double coverage on Mike, who was the intended receiver on yeah. the first read on the play. Brashad Perryman suddenly doesn't have a corner with him, and so he's running across the face of a linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, who's the only guy in the middle. And Edmonds, who actually was taking a step towards Perryman when he realizes that he has to cover him, now has to turn and try to run with Perryman. And Edmonds is very, very fast for a big linebacker, but he's not as fast no. as Brashad Perryman. So the play totally worked, although that was not really its original intention. Perriman gets a couple steps on him. Brady, who's been looking over to the right because he's got three receivers on that side of the field, he says he saw it out of the corner of his eye. So he catches Perriman moving across the middle and really kind of last second switches, gets off a wobbly pass, to be honest with uh-huh. you, but it was right on target. 
just a last-minute switch and decision when he saw that, and then obviously Perryman catches it, and there's nobody there, and he runs for the touchdown. It was awesome because Perryman was the last read on that play, according to Byron Lefwich. Yeah, he mentioned that today. Yeah, and we we talked about that outside. It's it's crazy that, as like I said, how do you how do you get to that? Well, guy? and what and is the who, explained it well? What does that mean happened first to make that possible? Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, that, that you could get to your last read. That you have awesome protection. Yes, the protection was fantastic yeah. on that play. Nobody using next gen stats. I looked at it on Tuesday, and four of the five people rushing the quarterback never got within like five yards of him. Ed Oliver kind of stunned it around the back and was kind of closing in, but not really. Still a couple of yards away from Brady when he got the throw off. So Brady had time to go through all those reads. Sure. Well, what, what so I, good job up front, guys. Yeah. What what. Um, well, they had a good game anyways. Oh, holy, uh, they had holy a great they game. Did. They, they really did all the way throughout. Uh, Donovan Smith had a great block. We have to talk about that one. Yeah, that was an awesome block. So this was the other huge play of the game. Yeah. The first touchdown, the 47-yard yep. by Leonard Fournette. Do you want to explain that? No, you can. Go ahead. You, well, first you do of all, so well doing it. First of all, there were two guys pulling. I believe it was Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen. Uh-huh. And um, they're pulling from left to right. And I'm getting some of this from watching Rondio's, sure. Rondio's video today. But um, – which which fans can go to and, and look those. at that. You watch yeah. There's a funny part about Rondé's video to bring this around a little bit is that he talks about Zach picking up that ball, uh-huh. and he calls him a ball boy like yeah, three times. Yeah, but he also, I love when guys do this, he's pointing out reactions of people on the sideline uh-huh. while Perriman's running down. And I love that you see one shot where he's looking directly at our sideline, and the moment Perriman catches the ball and and starts to turn up field, there's like five guys on our sideline who put their arm up and point towards the end zone. Uh-huh. Like, hey, Brett, Brashad. I said, I said Brett Perryman again. Hey, Brashad, run that way. <laughs> like, at the moment, he was confused. Which way do I go? But uh, real quick, <laughs> when he first caught the ball, were you thinking, yes, we got, got a, first a first down? down. That's yeah. what I thought, exactly. too. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was like, all right, we got a first And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man. And, and then the we second had a, thing we had I a thought, great radio call on that, too. Oh, Gene, good. Gene nailed it. The second totally. thing I thought was, oh, please, no flags. Yeah. So as he's running in the end zone, I'm looking back sure. where the play originated. I'm not seeing any yellow. No. No. What, what, that, it was a great call. I was really happy because, you know, when you have historic plays like that, it, a lot's going on, and you don't know it's a historic play and, until it's over. And, by the way, that's right. not hyperbole to say that yeah. because that was only the second touchdown the Bucks have ever scored in an overtime. Yeah, and it was his, and it was Tom Brady's 700. Yeah. yeah. So and it was a huge game in our playoff quest to try to repeat as right. champions. Right. So the cool part about it is that we nailed it. Uh, it was really, the call. really the call all the way. Good. We had everybody, everybody did their job to make sure. Maybe we can put it at the intro of this show. Well, what's even funnier is – Tom Brady tweeted it out. Oh, the, the call? Yes. Nice. Yeah. You know you nailed it. Oh, d- I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So can you name the other player who's, who has scored an overtime touchdown for the Buccaneers? You, you, it was, you've been, you were there. It was I was there. about seven or eight years ago. Oh, gosh. Um, don't take too much time if you don't know it. Was it Dallas Clark? No. <laughs> yes. Was it? Good job, Jeff. Okay. Trivia is not usually your hype. No, it's here. not. No. Dallas Clark against the Panthers. Josh Freeman threw it. I think it was a, ga- a big game for Antonio Bryant, or or maybe that was a different. That's one. That's a different. That was '08. That was the. Yeah, yeah. That was that Monday night. This game. was more like thir- twelve or thirteen. Uh huh. Um, I think Vincent Jackson 
rest in peace. Yeah. Made an incredible game-tying touchdown catch. Yeah, and speaking of, that was very sad news today on Vincent Jackson. There was more news today? Well, it came out on um, CTE. I didn't see this. Yeah, they, he donated his brain um, to uh, science to find out, and it was CTE. He did have CTE. Yeah, which is... Uh, well, he has a receiver. Yeah. Think yeah. about some of these guys who and, kids. And interesting part is uh, he never claimed to have a have had a concussion. Mm-hmm. But he was also he also played in that in the time where um unfortunately in the time when you got hit if you got a hit you just had your bell rung and yeah. you were, and then where it became a medical thing where everyone was paying attention to. So he kind of was in, in between there. Yeah, yeah. he's part of the transition. So I in all this talk um we got away from I was describing the Leonard sure. Fournette play. Yeah. And it was uh Two guys pulled, and they did a good job, and it was a stretch play, and so Leonard's taking the handoff. It's shotgun. He takes the handoff from in front of uh, Brady and moves right, and Rondé was was explaining that um, they had eight men in the box, and so this is a situation where Brady would often check out of a run because uh-huh. it doesn't look good. Sure. But because of where the defenders were and because he knew that our guys were going to be pulling, he knew we were still going to have a man advantage on the right edge, so he let the play stand. Fournette ran to his right, then as you do on a stretch play, you're watching your blockers, the ones on the move, and you wait until you see a seam and then you cut up through it. Uh-huh. He dis- does that successfully, and he should have to beat one more player, which I think was safety Jordan Poyer. But Donovan Smith, who at the snap, because of what they did, actually had nobody to block, just starts r- – he's on the left side, the opposite side of the line, runs down ahead of the play and is in perfect position to block the living daylights out of Jordan Pancake. Poyer. And now Leonard Fournette doesn't have to beat anybody, and he just has to speed his way to the end zone. And so that, great job, Donovan. Yeah, Bubble. yeah, and I think that's what uh, you know. Everyone dogs the O line when things don't go right, but you have to give credit when yeah. credits due, and they are playing. You know, you really can't well. you can't do this because it, you would need to recognize other good players and other teams. But it would almost be cool if the the offensive line for the Pro Bowl was you voted in a team's offensive line. Oh, wow. Because the Buccaneers, by the numbers, uh, yeah. probably have the best off- – by the statistics, at least. Sure. Probably have the best offensive line in the league this year. They they lead the league in sacks allowed per pass play, lowest number. And they also – I know our running game totals aren't great, but if you go, go on Football Outsiders, their adjusted line yard stats say we have the best run blocking group, yeah. too. So – but then you go, well, which guy or guys should make it in the sure. Pro Bowl? And you can't right. get greedy and say, yeah. well, Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it would be cool if it was just the whole the whole line got to go. Except that if you're a really, really good old lineman on a really bad team. That's why team. I said you can't do it that <laughs> way. Know? Well, that's the that's the Paul Gruber story. <laughs> well, I, Never made a Pro Bowl. No. He's which, in our ring of honor and wh- deservedly so. Which which is totally mind-boggling. Yeah. Boggling. I know, but, you know. I know. We know how good he was. Sure. All right. Um. Uh, anything else on this game you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, it got. Uh, it was a very long game. <laughs> it was. Um, it was a long game. It was a long Shaq game. Shaq Barrett is heating up again, as mm-hmm. he has often yeah. done at the end of seasons. I know that you know he had 1.5 sacks. Sure. But he also had five quarterback hits and seven quarterback pressures, according to Next Gen Stats, which I believe are single game highs for him this year. Mm-hmm. You remember how he was so dominant in the last couple of weeks of last year's playoffs? That See. if we have that Shaq Barrett running sure. around. That's something. Seems to be coming along. I seems like it. Seems to be coming together. Yes. So if we can get healthy, we got a good shot of things. So do you want to go ahead? Uh, we can talk about the Saints, but let's not. No. Well, uh, it's a tough game, and um, 
for whatever reason, we always have issues with them. Except when you're in the playoffs, then it's not a problem. But one for uh, one in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, this the, the 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 part about this game is that it's the Saints, so you should win. But the icing on the cake is it's a t-shirt hat game if you win. Yeah. So they clinch the division, and that would be great. It would be great to do it against the Saints. At home. They are, they national are, TV. They're the hurdle that we've been trying to get over. When was the last time we won the division? Oh. 2007. Okay, so. Haven't done that in a while. There you go. Won the Super Bowl without winning the division, sure. which you would take every year, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this year, with the stands to be packed again, you definitely want to have as many home games as possible. As they say when they start out the season, there are goals. The first goal is win your division. Win your division because then you get at least one home game. And that's what we will have a shot at. Yeah, so. I mean, to be honest, nothing is guaranteed, right? But we can we can clinch the division by beating the Saints uh, this weekend. But honestly, all we need is either one win by us or one win or lost by the Saints. Uh-huh. That's really only – that's not eight outcomes. It's only seven because one of those games is us, us against the Saints. Right. But when you only need one of seven possible outcomes to occur, you can feel pretty good. Sure. Because probably it's going to be closer to like six of those seven outcomes that go the way you want. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then you're talking about seeding, and this past week with Arizona losing to the Rams, the Buccaneers actually moved up to the two seed Yay. because the Packers – Bucks and Rams are all ten and three. Packers get the tiebreaker right now because they have something like a seven and one record in yeah. NFC play or seven and three. It's better than ours. Yes. The Bucks are and Cardinals, I believe, are six and three. And uh, and then we get the second seed over the Cardinals at the moment based on strength of victory because there's no head to head. No. Uh, the we have the same conference record. You can't do the next one is common games. Your recording is so teams that you and the Cardinals both played, mm-hmm. what record did you have against those teams? At the moment we don't have enough to qualify. But by the end of the because you have to have at least four. By the end of the year we will. And uh, because of that loss to the Rams, which was helpful because we also lost to the Rams, um, and then uh, somebody else that Arizona lost to, the the Buccaneers, if we win out, we know we'll at worst be the number two seed because yeah. Arizona can't catch us. We'll beat them on common games. Yeah, and th- and the thing is, you just win out. You know, and, and then you just, hope that Green Bay loses yes. one game because if they don't, you you can't get the first. No, and you can't worry. You can't control what they do, but you can control what you do. You try so. to win all four and hope they lose at least one. Yep. Unfortunately, I think they got Baltimore next, which is like they have like two healthy players yeah. right now, and then they have Cleveland, which has the COVID issue going on. Mm. So, and I think they have a game left against the Bears, which is unfortunate yeah. for us. They have a game left against <laughs> the Vikings. They do. Who did already beat them? So this one and, will be in Lambeau. That's the, the Viking, one I'm hoping for. And the Vikings are clawing and hanging yeah, on. Yeah. Right. I think now. they're a decent team. I really they are. Do. They are. They. They. It just seems like what could go wrong goes wrong for them. Yeah, they do have they, an issue. Yeah, it's they? just like it's like, hey, how are we going to lose this game right. this week? Yeah, they do. They do it, do that. Weird, very weird. So, um, all right, and then this, you know, yeah. the, the Saints are they've beaten us six times in a row in the regular season, and it's time for that to end. Yeah, it, is, it just <sighs> those things are true until they're not. Yeah, and that's a game that uh, you know, hey, you gotta, you can't. Well, the thing with the Saints is they're still in the in the mix for a wild card. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are. Mm-hmm. The, uh, losing to us this week would put the serious dent in that. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, they they still got a shot. All right. All right, so let's go ahead because we could talk more about yeah, this. Yeah. But uh, I've got some other notes about the Bills game, Good. but I think I'll skip them right. so that we can get to all these fan questions. All right, let's do have. it. There are lots of them. All right. I've got to see the ones we did last week and not right. do them again. We did right. the, the radio one. We did the one about Antonio Brown and the vaccination uh-huh. cards. Yep. Okay, here's one. 
right. Um, this is from Kent Denny, who's in Tampa. All right. Uh, salty dogs. Been thinking about this question for a couple of weeks. Mm. The subject was talked about this past week on the Let's Go podcast. That's Tom Brady's thing. Sure. With Jim Gray and Larry he, Fitzgerald. Have you ever listened to that podcast? I did once. I wanted to listen every week, but I keep forgetting. Yeah. But really wasn't answered like you and Jeff can. I don't know about that. Wow. Is there? That, that's nice. I, I, I'm not uh, sure he's going to be satisfied, though. Right. Is there a governing body over NFL referees? The simple answer is probably yes, mm-hmm. but please don't be salty and stop there. What is their responsibility? Could they overturn a call after the game that would change the outcome of a game? Can they oppose penalties, discipline on referees? No, they would not overturn a call no. to change the outcome of a game. Let's no. just get that one out of the way first. No, you can't. You can't do that. And I don't think that they impose penalties or discipline on referees for missed calls, but they do review every single game and every single call. Uh and officials do get graded, and yes. as they get graded, they want to do well because that's how they end up being able to do playoff exactly games what I was and say. Super Bowls. Exactly. So there is a criteria for being spot on. The ones that grade out better get better assignments. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so the governing body is really the NFL. There's a there's a person who works for the NFL that's the director of officiating. Uh-huh. Like, I guess, I'm having yeah. a tough time thinking who that is now, but well, it was previously like Dean Blandino. Yeah, he left, and then it was Ron R- Riviera, or Riviera. I think he, Blandino was after him. Yeah, okay. but, but I don't know who it is right now. Right. I guess I, I could Google it. Do you want to Google that? Uh, NFL's director of sure. um, officiating. officiating. Um, Go ahead. No, I'm just looking for something because I was making oh. notes on this the other night. Oh, oh, it's, it's Walt Anderson. Ah, there Walt you go. Walt Anderson. Oh, yeah, he was a longtime official. Yeah. You remember that? I do. Yeah, he's been around forever. Sure. Um, So basically, okay, so here was a note from um, their page, uh, the NFL's page on this. There is nowhere to hide on the football field. Whether working a closely contested Super Bowl or the final minutes of a preseason game, officials are expected to exhibit the same high level of excellence on every play. Mm -hmm. They are carefully selected, extensively prepared, and rigorously evaluated to ensure that they call games correctly and consistently. Yeah. So they are held to standards. Sure. It's just that all this happens away from the public eye. Yeah. Always. Yeah. They, like, teams actually can can send up plays to the league to have them reviewed, and the league will tell them if, if they got, basically, if they got screwed or not. Sure. Did the, did the refs get Nothing this Nothing changes. But and sometimes they'll come back and say, yeah, yeah. they messed that one up. Yeah. And um, it doesn't change anything. Uh, it doesn't, it may or may not even make you feel better. Yeah, I, the, the one thing, and it's frustrating if, if you feel like a call happened and it goes against your team. And, but somewhere, I, I still think the human element needs to stay in the game. And they do the best they can. There's, there are fail-safe systems, so to speak, instant replay they go to. They now uh, have where you don't even have to throw the red flag if if the official uh, if New York yeah they do a good it, job yeah of that. New York notices hey right away they'll say put, hey, he's put, yeah, hey listen that was not it's a catch it's been determined it's, yeah is just what they'll say very quickly and move on so the eye in the sky yeah and and um, and don't forget everything we're looking at is in, from every angle underneath the sun and so they have down. To, they have to re- they make yeah. the original call in a split second on the fly I do think there's there could be some room for some more technology I I've heard the idea. I don't know why they don't do it of the chip in the football. Oh, I like that idea. So yeah. it's like hockey when the puck sure. goes across the line, it lights up, yeah. right? Yeah. So why do we have to try to use these replays to see if that dude yeah. who's 
tunneling right. over, in, in, among 22 players trying to cross the yeah. your goal b- line. You can't see it. Yeah, your butt can get across the line, but if the ball's not, you're not yeah, in. So let's put yeah. a chip in the ball and, and, and have it the uh, the you know the goal line light up or the pylons or something. <laughs> When uh, that's the pylon shoot little rockets, <laughs> that would be good. You just have to keep guys like Warren Sapp away from them before the yeah, game. Don't so kick not, them over. They're so not kicking them. Yeah. So there is there are people in place at the NFL who govern the officiating and they yeah. make the assignments yeah. and they grade them and so on. Um, they, the, the officials also have a union. Sure. Which doesn't really have much to do with, you know, getting calls right or anything. No. It's just to protect them. And, and we remember. I, I know this because I remember the strike. Remember the strike? Sure. Some year, maybe like 2013 or something like that, where he had the fail Mary in yeah. Green Bay. I mean, in Seattle uh-huh. against Green Bay. So, um, I mean, you saw then that there is a difference between the trained officials and the next level. And the other thing too is that the uh, officials they they have to study. They have classes. Then they also come down to the teams and talk to the teams before about, the season. Before the season about what new rules or how we're going to enforce things these. are going to be emphasized, hey, uh, right? Like with, taunting this year. Uh huh. So it, it's they they're trying, you know. But yeah, again, the, the, yeah. as a fan though, yeah, I don't take any of that into account. No, if no, I'm watching a game and not, my my team gets screwed, you're not supposed. I'm very mad at right, them. Right, you should be. You and should some, be. You know, and sometimes just like it's anybody right in any job, they yep. make a, they make kind of an egregious mistake. Yep. Yep. So okay. This one is from Craig Johnson, All right. and it's about Chris Godwin in the franchise tag. Oh, Ahoy, dogs. Hope you all are do both doing well. Well, thank you, thank Chris. You. Yes. Craig. Craig Johnson, you, you as well. Uh-huh. A little about myself. Oh, good. We get a bio. Ah. I grew up in Fort Myers, went to school at USF, enjoying college games at Raymond James Stadium. Nice. And now live out in beautiful Colorado. All right. Ooh, that very sounds nice. like, uh, you know, like if you that. have to leave our area, that's a good hey, place to end up. It's beautiful out there. Your podcast makes me feel like I'm back in sunny Florida <laughs> on days like today. Where the temperature doesn't get over freezing. By the way, it is it's been hot here lately. It's it's so Craig, you're it, I, it's, it's I'd still rather have that than freezing. Yeah, but it's too hot. It's too hot for December fifteenth. Yeah, 15th. it's way too hot. Now on to my question. Ever since Chris Godwin started showing his talent and character as a Buccaneer, he has been my favorite player. Good nice. choice. And I yeah. think he's right about both sure. talent and character. That is why I became disheartened at the beginning of the year oh. when they put him on the franchise tag. He was outstanding versus the Falcons this week, this last week, and hasn't been anything short of that in every other game. Completely agree. Sure. What percentage of players get signed the following year after being put on the franchise tag? Am I right to be concerned about the future with the Bucks due to cap space? I know the team doesn't have to make the decision for a long time. It'll come around before you know it. Sure. But it has been nagging at me for a while. Also, bonus question to include Jeff, because I guess he doesn't think you'll be able to answer this <laughs> question. What would, what would your NFL team be if it wasn't Tampa Bay? Thank you for both the enjoyable, entertaining show every week. Thank, well, thank you for that, Craig. All right. So do you want to answer that real quick? Well, my if I wasn't the Buccaneers, it would be the Raiders. You Were you a Raiders fan prior to? Yeah. This? Okay. Yes. I grew up in Chicago, but like the Raiders. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people like yeah, that. Is it the I, uniforms or just I, the attitude? Yeah, I like the attitude. I just, I just like the just I've got some friends here that have no connection whatsoever to Oakland or Los Angeles uh-huh. or Las Vegas that right. are Raiders fans. Yes. Been, uh, yeah. I would now. I have grew, a, I, I don't have many sports things, but I have a Raiders jacket. Ah, don't bring <laughs> that around have, here. Still have it, Raiders cap. Still now I grew up it. in St. Louis. Now during the Super Bowl, they weren't my team. Just so you oh, know. Oh, when we played, them, yeah, they, they you definitely wanted they, them to lose that. Yeah, one. they weren't. They weren't at all. So my team, or I grew up in St. Louis. Sure. When the Cardinals were still there, yep. but I can't tell you that St. Louis really cared all that much. I was a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan. And they weren't very good, the football team anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they left when I was in college. Uh, and I always actually liked the Chargers. 
probably just because they have cool uniforms. The best uniforms yeah. in the league. The Superchargers. I love, and even their new stuff. They, yeah. They've got like six different combinations, and sure. all of them are awesome. Yeah. Easily the best uniforms. Plus, I probably caught the tail end of the Air Coriel era. Oh, that and, was that was before. Back when the only thing I understood about football was throwing hey, the quarterbacks and receivers. Th- he was so far ahead of his time. He was right. You look at you look at the, that those teams. Yeah. He would fit in right now yeah. this year, in in today's yeah, football. Don Coriel. Yeah. In the Air Coriel office. Sure. So to get Dan to this question, Fouts. Dan Fouts, who's I liked a lot better as a quarterback than a broadcaster personally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> don't dig. tell him I said so. Just throw that dig in. All right, then. Ever, okay, I'm going to so, pat you on the back and give you a little slap so on the I cheek. Wanted, well, I don't think you'll ever hear this, or I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> so mean, I wanted to um, start with him, with Craig here saying he was disheartened well, by the franchise tag. I, that's a, I think it's a little harsh. No, because it's it's a sizable sum of money. Oh yeah, it's a good good one year it, salary. Yeah, and it's and it's it's actually good for both. It's good for the well, player. Well. It, players don't really feel that way. Well, of course they don't. But well, they're the ones that would know if it's good for them or not, Jeff. Well, let's just say it's good for the game. It's <laughs> That just depends <laughs> on your perspective. A lot of players don't like it because uh, even though it's a good one-year salary, sure. it is still just one guaranteed year, mm-hmm. and you never know what's going to happen but what, but in that year. Yeah, they well want to get their market value when they can get it at sure. their peak. So but I understand. Most salaries aren't guaranteed. So you're you, you're hoping for the big signing bonus is what you right. want, right? Exactly. I'm not saying that when they announce a five year, seventy five million dollar yeah. contract, you're getting seventy five million. You know, but you might be getting forty five million. Yes, and it's just like Shaq last year, and I'll get to that in a minute. You know, the he played one year in the tag, but it was mm-hmm. the next deal that made him feel like he had, you know, secured his future. And, and, his and when he came here, he bet on himself because yeah. he only took a one year deal. Yes. Yeah, so well, that's all that he was being offered, to be honest with you. But um, so. I don't. My recollection of it is that Chris Godwin was not particularly upset about it. He knew the situation, yeah. and again, he he felt that he would be able to have another outstanding year and be set up for his one year later for a nice hit at free agency. Sure. But think back to that was the time when it was the whole can we keep the band together? Yeah. After winning the Super Bowl and having tons of pending free agents, including guys like Levante David and Shaq, uh-huh. and Sue, and plenty of others, can we keep them all together? And somehow, um, Jason, Jason Light and Mike Greenberg and everybody else did it. Sure. And we know now that a lot of it was the kind of contracts we don't normally like to do, pushing things into the future a little bit. But, right. but we were trying to strike while the iron's hot. Well, the other thing, too, is I think Chris wanted to be part of something special. Yeah. And so it, if, it, if it's a bitter pill to be franchised, at least it, coming off a Super Bowl year, you're still on the Super yeah. Bowl team, and you're trying to make another run. Right. But my point was that... Jason and Mike and everybody used every way they could think of to get all those in. Since you had to put out big contracts and multi-year yeah. deals for some of those other guys, if you can keep Chris on the franchise tag, that's a great solution. Sure. It was just part of the overall picture. Mm-hmm. And now as we see Chris is playing so well that there's no way he's not getting a huge contract from us or somebody else, right? Yeah. So, so it, you, it works out fine Can you him. franchise a guy twice? You can, you can franchise him three times, but it goes up dramatically. Okay. The, the price tag goes up dramatically each time you franchise him again, uh, which is why I don't think that's what will happen here with Chris, but right. it's, it's definitely on the table. Okay. So um, I made some notes about this uh, because he wanted to know, like, what percentage of guys um, get re-signed. And I, I want to try to find that. Hmm. Where is it? Oh, here it is. So I didn't do forever because franchise tags have been around for a long time. But I went back through the last 
um, two years all right. before this one and looked at all the franchise tags, 19 and 20. Um, Robbie Gold got a two-year deal. Demarcus Lawrence, hit franchise tag, got a long-term deal. Grady Jarrett with the Falcons, got the franchise tag, got a long-term deal. That's three guys right there. Right. Okay. There were four. There were three others: Jadavian Clowney, D. Ford, and Frank Clark, and none of them got that the franchise uh, a long-term deal. And in fact, I believe both Frank Clark and D. Ford were both traded, one to the Chiefs and one away from the Chiefs. Right. Um, and so the, in that year, there weren't that many. There was only six, but. 50% of them subsequently got a longer than one year deal. So that's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. Last year, 2020, Dak Prescott, he got a long-term deal. Yes. Got the franchise tag. Yeah. All these guys got the franchise tag, and then I'm telling then, you what happened afterwards. Yeah. Shaq, long-term deal. Yep. Chris Jones with the Chiefs, long-term, long-term deal. deal. Derrick Henry with the Titans, long-term deal. Yeah. Justin Simmons with the Broncos, long-term deal. Leonard Williams with the Giants, long-term deal. So the trend is long-term well, the, deal. I'm not over because there was a ton of them. Right. Um, A.J. Green in Cincinnati had an injury plague season, and then he went and left for Arizona. So that's mm-hmm. really right. not a comparable situation. Sure. Bud Dupree did not get a long-term deal in Pittsburgh and signed in Tennessee. Anthony Harris, the safety for the Vikings, no long-term deal, signed with Philly the next year. Matthew Judon with the Ravens, no deal, signed with the Patriots, Yannick well, Ngakwe has been everywhere. And, and part of that could be because of their cap situation. Yeah, sure. Though. But that's what he's worried. This guy's sure. worried about worried with us. About it. Uh, Hunter Henry did not get one with San Diego, ended up in New England. Brandon Scherf in Washington, we don't know yet. He's gotten tagged a couple times, so we'll see. And Joe Tooney, I think it's pronounced, New England, didn't get the deal, went to Kansas City. So it's about 50-50 again. So, I mean, basically it's been about 50-50. And I think you just have to look at each one of these situations distinctly. Yeah. And to me, I think I've talked to a lot of people around here, not necessarily employees, but some that are a little pessimistic about being able to keep Chris because you already have a, you have cap issues, obviously. Yeah. And you've already pushed some other contracts ahead in the future and you have Mike Evans under a big deal already. So do you pay two receivers a lot of money? But those two receivers are a big part of why this team is so good. Uh, that's what, that, yeah. And Chris Godwin, everybody says it every single time. We heard it like four more times today because everybody was asking about Chris yeah. Godwin. He does so much for this offense. He does so much. Not, and he's another great blocker. He's got a play. He blocked uh, he might be two a, guys in one play. In this last Blue game? One, yeah, pushed one off. He and might be the, the best other. blocking receiver in the game right yeah. now. And and he is literally used in blocking schemes around the line, not just, hey, make sure you get that block out yeah. on the perimeter. Yeah. But Tom Brady said today that uh, – or no, it was – was it Tom Brady? It was either Tom Brady – no, it was Byron Leftwich that Chris Godwin is as complete of a player as you can be at any given position. Wow, that's a huge compliment. Uh, that's big. What else wow. are you looking for yeah. if you don't keep Chris Godwin – yeah, we, How are you replacing him? Where do you find that guy? Yeah, I'm still kind of optimistic, especially with Brady sticking around for another year. Right. And he's certainly going to be telling management, we got to pound on the table. we got to keep this guy one way or another. Right. I'm still feeling good that we find a way to keep him around. And I think Chris likes it here. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to speak for him, no. but that's the impression that I get. Right? Yeah. You, All right. Would, you would, I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, true. Right. All right, so next that's one. That's a good one. That's a good question. Next one, yeah, we got to start pounding. Well, don't, don't worry about... Next year, stay focused on this year. That's well, there's nothing wrong advice. with planning ahead. Right. So we already did this one from Phil Schwadron about uh, Bucks Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Which okay. Did did I do the one where where um, 
I got a correction from Sam Nino about the whole Monty Kiffin leaving thing. Mm. Two two podcasts ago, we were talking about how the Bucks in 2008 went from nine and three yeah, to nine and seven. Yeah, which you were chastising me for bringing up. <laughs> yeah, and I said, and also I don't think our our defensive coordinator Todd Bowles is going to accept the defensive coordinator position yeah. at USC with four games to play and kind of throw everything into disarray. And Sam points out and probably knows because he's from Nashville. He's like, just one slight correction from last week. One reason you said you weren't that worried was you did not think it very likely Todd Bowles would announce he is taking the USC defensive coordinator position in the middle of the season. To be fair, Monty didn't do that either because he went to the University of Tennessee. Yeah. That's right, because Lane had the one year there. Right. For one glorious season before going and to I, USC. And I thought of that, and then I just let it go. I should have said, said <laughs> something. I would have finally got you on something. Oh, I, I don't believe you. Sam, as a UT fan, Sam says, as a UT fan, it truly was a Dickens best of times, worst of times moment uh-huh. when Monty announced he was coming to UT. Yeah. Then it just became the worst of times when his son decided to leave UT in the lurch after one yeah, season. Yeah, crazy. Anyways, what is one Christmas gift you would like the Bucks to get as we head down the final stretch of the regular season? Or to put it another way, what is one thing you think we need to set ourselves up for a long, well, well for a long postseason run? Do you have an answer first? Or? Yeah, I want health. Yeah, that was going to be mine too. I want, I want, I want and, the guys to be healthy because I want, I want to see what this team is like. With all the players that I are know, healthy, right? Because we have not seen it from haven't had it the three minutes or four minutes into the game. When, yeah. when did uh, it was in the first quarter? Yeah, when and, when Sean Murphy Bunting right, went down. So, so that's what I we have not yet played a game where the five, if you count the Nickelback, where the five supposed starters have I started mean, because Jordan Whitehead wasn't there for game one. Yeah. Now Jordan sideline again. He could possibly come back this week. Antoine Winfield is dealing with a foot injury that's kept him out of practice sure. the last two games. So now you got another issue at safety. Richard Sherman has an Achilles issue. Sure. He was kind of a safety valve for you at safety. We're, I'm going off on a tangent here, but um, I agree with you. I'm, I want the same thing. Can and we I both want, have that in our yeah, stocking? And I, and I also want, you know, I want the, the health with COVID for, yeah, that's for a every, big part of everything. For, for football, But all, this question fans, is for the Bucks. But for the Bucks, Same in, same thing. Health, health in general, and the subset of that is we don't have one of these outbreaks like Cleveland and Washington are dealing yep. with. Exactly. So that was an easy one. Yep. All right, next okay. one. Mark Rice. Did we do this one? I don't know. Uh, unfinished business. Mark Rice from Mesa, Arizona. you got to give me the question. I'll preface I... this by stating that I know this current period of unprecedented success cannot last forever, and I count myself fortunate for being along for the ride as long as it lasts. No, I don't remember this. With that said, is there any unfinished business? Yeah, I think we didn't do this. You hope the team will take care of during this current period. By this, I'm referring to exercising demons and just to be clear, that should be exorcising uh-huh. because I think Mark is suggesting that we should take some demons out back and well, we should. Get, get them some exercise, I like running so. wind sprints, <laughs> whereas exorcising means getting rid of demons. God, you're just, you're just referring to just, exor- hey, give exorcising the, hey, demons. Hey, hey just here's a hint. Don't insult the listeners. Okay? I'm not yeah, insulting yeah, anybody. I, I think 95% of people would have written exercising the same way Mark did. <laughs> and he knows exactly what he means. He I just know. should have had an O right here. Sure. Knee. All right. A la shutting down Veterans Stadium, which is the example yeah, I expected yeah. in the O2 NFC Championship game. Yeah, and he, he really kind of gives the answer that I'm sure both sure, of us would which, give. Which is I'd answer. really like to see us win against the Saints the next time we play. Yeah, that's, and not just a win, but a statement victory that uh, ushers in an air of dominance yeah. against them for the next several matches. You go, you go. Sure, yes. beating them in the divisional round last year was sweet, 
but didn't scratch the itch. It kinda, oh, it kinda yeah. did for me. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, I'll lose every regular season game against the Saints if I get to beat them in the I playoffs. I felt quite scratched. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the only redeeming thing when we were in New Orleans because they were puffing their chests out, a lot of people, a lot of fans, and all I said was playoffs. And <laughs> then the guy goes, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so he ends, and yeah. yada, 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 one week at a time, but December 19th yeah. is the date circled on my calendar. Back home in primetime, I'm asking Santa for a 53-7 there you go. beat down. And you know what? There is nothing better than going into uh, the holidays with a win. When you're, it just, It's just so it makes it sweeter. So so this is all good. We have to travel right. on Christmas, Jeff. I know. But it's fine. It's in the afternoon. Yeah. Um so yeah, that that was obviously going to be my answer too. I'm sure, sure yours, right? Yeah. That's really the only oh, yeah. What other unfinished business is there? We've kind of dominated the rest of the the division. Mm-hmm. We beat everybody that you would think of beating in the and, playoffs last year. And what's what's so great about this one? Maybe beat the Rams? Yeah. In the well, playoffs. Yeah. But what's great about this one is you beat the team that you don't like. And you clinch the division, so and it's like it's it's probably just, make it extremely hard for them to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, you, you pretty much. It's, have. I described it like it's a traveling trophy. So the Saints, uh-huh. the Saints need to take the NFC South trophy out of their trophy case uh-huh. and bring it with bring them on it, this yeah. trip because you might have to hand it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yep. right, so good answer, Mark. Good question, but All you right. also gave us the best answer. So. Sure. Um, what else you got? Okay, that, that one we did. All right. Uh, Alex C. Alex C. Uh, from Kansas. Okay. Oh. Hey, Salty Dogs, coming down to Tampa for my first Bucks game. Oh, this, wow. This one. The wow. Game. It's a good one. Anything cool you'd recommend to do the day of the game prior to going to the stadium? Oh, goodness. Well, there's a lot going on at the stadium itself. You have, uh, uh, he, he'll probably enjoy um, Bucks Beach. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, allow a little bit of time to go to that. Because okay. that, that's pretty cool. Okay, I've never, uh, I've never been. Oh yeah, it is. It's very, very cool. He wants to get his picture taken in the big beach chair. It's, okay. Yeah, that would be something that he should check out. Get, right. Allow enough time, but before he comes to the game, and since it's a night game, wow, holy what is, smokes! Do people still? I, I have a long time ago in my twenties. Sure. Went down to John's Pass. You know where that is? Yeah. Um, it, that's across the bay, and uh, I guess it's in St. Pete. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's in St. Pete. John's Pass and I and my buddy and I rented um, Sea-Doo's. Oh yeah, and and you got to you know sure that was fun. But do they do that at this time of the year? or Is it too cold? I I think they would do it because when the snowbirds come down, they think it's really hot. <laughs> you know what my wife really enjoyed one time was we went on one of those dolphin cruises. Oh so yeah, they take you out on a boat out in the out in the ocean. No, sure. in the bay. In the Gulf or the in the bay. Gulf, yeah. And was it dolphins or was it manatees? It was dolphins okay. because what they do is they find them. And then the dolphins start fouling the boat and playing oh, yeah. and jumping out and yeah. showing off. And it's really, really cool. Yeah. So um, um, those kinds of things. Yeah. I, well, see, the problem is it depends on, you know, I don't know what you like. Yeah. Well. You know, that's that's. A I'm not much one. of a tour guide, to be honest with you. Well, it just, well, another thing is it depends on where you're staying. It depends on. Give them, okay, know. give them a restaurant recommendation. Oh, well, you gosh. want to get fancy? The the famous place here is Burns. Yeah, you Burns can do Burns. Uh, you can do um, Pifo Brady's. <laughs> yeah, you, you could do, yeah. Gotta throw that quick out. Quick little snack. You could do uh, you could do the Colombian. The old Colombia. Yeah, that's yeah, a very yeah. famous place here. Yeah, it's, it's Colombia, Spanish food on, on uh, down in Ebor. Or um, go to Ebor. Or go to Ebor. Just go to Ebor. Go to a bunch of places. You though. can go to. Um, well, there's a lot going on. It's what's it called now? 
oh gosh, it, it used to be Channel Side, but now it's called something else. Yeah, it's it's not still called Channel Side. Downtown yeah. near yeah. The, near the hockey stadium, but yeah. I don't know what's down there anymore. A lot of stuff is down there. Now. Okay, check yeah. that out Channel yeah. Side. Yeah, and um, even if it's not called Channel Side anymore, people yeah. are going to know what. Sure, you're they know about. where you, they they know where you're going. All right, that's enough. I think. Sure, you can't go wrong. I mean, seriously, you just. I like w- the Columbia idea. Go yeah. to Columbia for lunch or something. Oh, that would be a nice lunch. Yeah. All right, All their right. paella is very good. Oh, if you want to go to a great, uh, uh, well, there's, uh, well, never mind. Keep going. Okay. Next one, and we've spoken with this guy before. I think you remember a guy from Germany named Dylan uh-huh. who once sent us this really long question. That Dylan, we, we're we, coming to we're Germany, my friend. I know, right? Yeah, we're coming. Let's talk about that real yeah. quick. So, um, because this was sent before this news, because that uh-huh. news came out yesterday, and he sent this on December 10th. The Buccaneers were granted access to an international home marketing area. Uh, IHMA, and we chose, we, we we requested and were granted Germany. Yes. Which means we're not the only one. There's four teams, the Panthers, the Patriots, and one other. Kansas City. Okay, all four of those teams are now the only teams that can start marketing and mm-hmm. and fan engagement, yep. all kinds of things um, in that area or in that country. There are, there's also other teams that... Got some in Brazil for our guy Alexander. Uh, yep. um, he probably wishes the Bucks had gotten Spain. Brazil. Spain, China, Australia, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the United Kingdom, yep. Canada. I believe so. And yes, Mexico. Uh, Seattle got uh, Canada. Canada, and yep. Mexico, and you saw all the ones. There was like eight, that, eight or nine that did Mexico. It was like Texas. And sure. Of course, those well, teams. Yeah, that's where they should be. Marketing, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So we're very excited because there apparently are going to be. Um, Inter- inter- international, international games like there are in London, sure. regular season in Germany starting as soon as next year. Wow. And the release from the league says every team in the league now will be will play a regular season game in an international market within the next eight years. Uh-huh. And they will make every effort they can to put the team, if a team has an IHMA, to uh-huh. put their game in that country. Oh, wow. So there's there, there's nothing announced or even probably sure. set yet, but there's every reason to conjecture that the Buccaneers could end up with a game in Germany possibly as soon as next year. Yeah, and the cool thing is is that you can, That's you know, exciting. it could be against New England, it could be against Carolina because they're in the market, could be Kansas right, City. Right, right. So you take those teams. They already have to be on your schedule. Though. Yeah, they have to be on your schedule, but there's a way we to. Are, there's a very good chance Kansas City will be on our schedule next year. Depending on where you finish, right? Well, they're the next week, next year, the, I believe they're the 17th game. You know, the 17th oh, game right. is now you're matched up, yeah. not, the, not the division you're matched no, up for no, all no. four teams, right. but one of the other ones, and I think it's the West, so if we finish in the same position mm-hmm. in the NFC South as they do in the NFC West, right. that being Kansas City, Sure, we will play them next year. And that would be here. And that would be here because right. last year all the 17th games were there, right. were in the AFC teams. And so that would be a perfect one to put sure. over there. Although that would also I, be one the Bucks would probably like to have at home. Yeah, I, I, I said, well, maybe it'll be the Bucks in New England. And everyone was going, there's no way the NFL is going <laughs> to let Tom Brady and Bill Belichick be out of the country and do that. The fans would go nuts. That'll that. have to be but, here. But I think that would be a great way to begin. Oh, well, the, you know, I'm sure they'd love it in Germany. Sure. But I think they will enjoy any game that we yeah. send over there. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm really wh- – what do you think we'll play? It, will you think it'll be uh, – there were three possible cities, right? Dusseldorf, Berlin, and Frankfurt. Frankfurt, okay. and Frankfurt and Berlin were both uh, cities that had old um, NFL Europe teams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So this is his question. question. All right. This is Dylan from Germany. 
a little help for you, Scott, just in case of another senior moment. Uh-huh. This, this, yeah, I think this indeed. little storyline needs to be nipped in the bud. What? But the question is actually from my coworker, Peter. Uh-huh. The 12th and final tiebreaker for the seating of the postseason participants is a coin toss. So is there ever a case when this tiebreaker had to come into play? And if not, which is the highest tiebreaker that was ever used to, to determine a playoff seating? Keep up your awesome work. Love your podcast. Go Bucks! Wow. So. That's your question. It is my question, and I did look it up a little bit. I was pretty sure um, that there was never going to be uh, one. I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah, where they where they they'd gone to a coin flip, and there was great. Not. You you fight all year long to to battle it out with all the different teams, and it comes down to a flip of a coin. So the the, the way the list of tiebreakers right uh-huh. now, and it's a little bit different depending on if you're talking about two teams in the same division, sure, or two teams trying for a wild card or three teams or three, two or three teams um, going for divisional seating. But um, th- basically it's head to head comes first mm-hmm. and then um, conference record and then common games and then strength, believe strength of victory and then strength of opponents. And then you get into things like net points in certain yeah, games. Yeah. And, and, and I believe number 12 is a coin flip. If it gets all the way down wow. to 12, then it's a coin flip. It's never happened. Yeah, I was just going to say. I don't it hasn't even come close to yeah, happening. I wouldn't think. The closest that. thing that, to that in the NFL is that there have been, but I, they've changed this in recent years, but for a while, if two teams were tied in the draft order, mm-hmm. and then the, oh. there was only one tiebreaker, which yeah. was strength of schedule. Yeah. So if they were tied in that, too, they flipped a coin. Sure. I, Bucks I, did it once at yeah. the Combine. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I think Bruce Allen got to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we lost it. We did. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Why do I always remember the negative stuff? Continue. So the, 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 the way it's set up now um, was introduced when the, everybody realigned in 2002, yeah. and that introduced the strength of victory and strength of schedule tiebreakers. And it's really not getting, it's not getting any farther than that anymore. You're no. not going to get past all those tiebreakers yeah. and not – have it work out. Thank goodness. The, the best one I could find was in 2006 when four teams were tied for the last wild card spots. So the first thing you do, well, I guess they must have all been for different. Um, didn't we get? We, didn't we get? We lost in a tiebreaker with 2010. The yeah. Okay. We had 10 wins. That was the 10. It win? was the year of Green. Yep. We actually lost to Green Bay. Oh. And maybe also the Lions, but Green Bay was also 10 and six, and they went on to win the Super Bowl that yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I think the Giants might have been involved in that tiebreaker as wow. well. Okay. In any case, um, this one in 2006, NFC, four teams, I guess from all four divisions, uh, Two of the, the first two were knocked out by their conference record, and then the Giants beat Green Bay due to the strength of victory. Yeah. And getting down to strength of victory is what constitutes getting pretty far down these now. Yeah. And then wow. um, before 2000, 2002, I found one in the 70s. I didn't find this. I was reading this in an yeah. article. When Dallas – Got won the division and Washington had to get a wild card spot because of point differential, hmm. and I don't think they use that one anymore. Um, that's and then a, the, that's the Panthers great. needed a point differential in '99. They had to blow out the Saints. I, that, I was just going to say that's the best. That's the best one because now now you have a reason why you're going to blow somebody you're and right. stomp on them, yeah. and it's not like oh you're running up the score. Yeah. No, I'm looking for a point. Well, differential. that's what the Panthers had to do in '99, uh-huh. and they kept them alive. But then a later game, they were knocked out by a Dallas win. Oh. So I I didn't do that research myself. I can't claim it. I found it somewhere. But doesn't matter. You good answers, it. right? Yeah, and uh, great question. It Co- could come yeah. down to a coin flip, but it probably never I, will. I, I like these questions. We got guys. through them, Jeff. We only have one more. Okay. And it's and the only reason that I'm going to do it is again, 
Yep. We won again. It's our guy. It's Alexander from Brazil, which is not our IHMA, yeah. unfortunately, and, for him. And unfortunately, yeah, I was just going to say, he's probably bummed. <laughs> Maybe he can come to Germany for for our game there. Sure. So um, uh, we have been, if you don't listen to us every week, we have been reading a question from Alexander from Sao Paulo, Brazil, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that where he's from? Yep. He doesn't put that in every email anymore. But I believe you're, that is where. Um, and uh, as long as every week that he's asked, sent us a question and it's been about football, we've won. So until that isn't true anymore, we kind of feel like we have to keep this up because we don't want to be the reason the Bucks lose. Right. Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well. It is not. Is it not amazing how this Bucks team finds ways to win games? Yes. So that's a much more I, optimistic way of looking at the game than the people who are yeah, like, like how you they say. Blow it? Yeah, you say they're blowing it. You're, yes. He's. We find. We, good we, job, Alex. Good opportunities to win. Jeff likes you a lot. I right now. do. Thank OT you. second and seventeen. Gronk catches a pass for two yards and gets twelve more, using his athleticism yeah. and power to make a more manageable third down. Good point. That was the one right before yeah, the touchdown. It was. And because we had taken a sack, I believe, or maybe it was a holding call. I think it was a holding. What? Maybe it was a holding call that we were backed up either way. Second and twenty. Yeah. And it's no. hard to do much on second. Yeah, and you 20. don't have a lot of second and twenty plays in or the second, book. Second and seventeen. Yeah. Either so in any or. Case, yeah. It, it was a great play by Gronk. Um, and that really, you forgot, you forget all about it because the next play was, whoa, sure. yeah. but what makes me feel really good was to see Levante David making a stop on a Josh Allen run with less than 30 seconds on regulation clock mm-hmm. and help us forcing Buffalo to kick a game tying field goal. Wow. Is there any player more unsung as fifth, number 54? Well, we've talked about that many times. Yeah. He, he, he really watches these games intent. Yes. He really has some good pickups. I think I've seen that from a number of these questions. Yeah, they're, they're, they're paying excellent. close attention. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I don't think in our history there's been a more underrated player than Levante David. I totally agree. I don't think Levante David, you'd put him above Derek Brooks right now, but Derek Brooks was widely, sure. I mean, I think he made 10 Pro Bowls. Yeah. Everybody acknowledged how great he was. You forget, and, and Levante was great on teams that weren't great. That's true. And uh, what, is he in his 10th season now, and he still plays as hard, and he's still... Uh, you know, he's one of the good guys. That's all yeah. I can say. You, he, you uh, could ask yeah. us about Levante every week. Yeah. We're getting, we love the guy. I love him. Everybody Dude. loves the yeah. guy. Yeah. This, it's, yeah. Probably one of the most universally beloved players in my <laughs> tenure here, right? Just a great guy. Okay. Anyway, I was thinking about Brashad Perryman. He started the year in New York. All right. I mean, yeah. I guess yeah. his contract expired. Went to Detroit. Or maybe he was released. Yeah, he was released. Signed by Detroit, mm-hmm. and, and then which was cool because that's where his dad played. Yeah. But he didn't make the team, and so then he signed on with Chicago. That's not what he's writing. I'm, I'm filling it in. Sure. Chicago to land in Tampa, catch a game-winning yeah. TD. It, rem- it, rem- it rem- I think he says, it reminded me of Steve McClendon last season. that yeah. played Sunday for the Jets, and Monday, Monday. morning was at Advent yeah. Health Training Center. Do you guys remember any other story like this in Bucks history? Since you did, thanks for reading. P.S. My mental image of Mr. Ryan was something more like James Earl Jones. Wow. <laughs> Which is a compliment. Yes, it is. I mean, what he's saying. Comparing with voices. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because last week he sent in a picture. That yeah, he saw it. Yeah, yeah, they tweeted So, Jeff, do up. you remember a good one here? I, I, there really haven't uh, been a lot of that kind no, of thing. No, no. Someone just coming in. like the, the I mean, McClendon was a trade. Yeah. But, I mean, someone to come in and then play a, right away. And then make yeah. and then and, do and, something big. Yeah. I just, nothing, does, I, no. I thought about this for a while and nothing comes to mind. I hate to. Give a kind of a blank no, answer be, like that because most of the, most of the people who have come in, it's always been because of free agency. It's it hasn't been really, you know. No. Yeah, it's not in the middle. Not, of the not in the middle of the I season. I mean, you not, could say Antonio Brown, I suppose. Well, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Last year, yeah, 
Yeah, that was. That I mean, was, I guess that's actually a pretty good example. That's a good, great example. In fact, there's probably some people that were screaming at us right now while listening to this podcast. Probably. Like, you can't even remember Antonio yeah. Brown from last year. Well, we year. have so many great players right now. <laughs> it's very hard to difficult. Yeah, it's we, difficult to pick them out. And we haven't seen Mr. Brown for a few weeks. No, we have not. And that's a whole other thing coming up. Well, we, we'll be in that podcast next week. We'll be talking is something that, about that. Is that? Yeah, we it, will be. This is the third this, game for, okay. for the suspensions that's for both him and Mike Edwards. That's what I thought. All right, oh, Jeff. Be, before we go, before we go, you know, you talk about all great plays and gamers and everything you got to give credit to a 44 year old quarterback <laughs> running like like tom brady did oh, so great and then getting into it with the d lineman yeah. I, I he does that a lot i have to say i totally respect that and um to pop up like he does which which is awesome but then it was like okay that's enough of that you don't need to do that anymore and and that's what ba said yeah bruce, uh, bruce Arians. our cameras on the sideline caught yeah, Bruce Arians walking past. It was it was Tom talking, sitting next to um, Byron. Uh-huh. He actually says it to Byron. Sure, I mean, it's Tom. I thought I, the way I heard it is he said it to Byron, but he says it to Tom. He's like, "No more hits, okay? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or that's enough hits, or something. That, that's enough of that. Is what he said. <laughs> he that's, just didn't want him to take it. This was after of, the quarterback sneak. Actually, right. we're we're cleaning up our podcast. That's <laughs> enough of that poop. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't after the run you're talking about, which was awesome because. Yeah. Usually, and as well he should, mm-hmm. he slides before he's in any danger. But in this case, he couldn't or he wouldn't have got the first down. See, I, I, I wanna, He actually kind of juked one guy. Yeah, I want to ask him, at what point does he decide he's running? And then as he's running, is he thinking, what am I doing? He has said that before, yeah. actually. Has he? He said that sometimes. He's running like, whoa, whoa. I'm <laughs> looking behind him like, what's happening? Why am I doing this? Yeah. I think one of the things, uh, to, to partially answer that question is, and I was I was actually writing about this in a mailbag where somebody asked, do I think he's going to start running more? And no, I do no. not think that. Tom Brady scrambles to me. All the ones I can picture in my mind are pretty much the same in that the middle opens up mm-hmm. and he darts up the middle. I don't think you're going to see Tom Brady scrambling around the end sure. uh, and running like uh, Patrick Mahomes might do or mm-hmm. Russell Wilson or somebody. Yeah. I, don't, I think Tom Brady knows he's not going to outrun guys trying to get to the corner. So when he, the rare occasions when he's flushed out to either side, right. he's looking to either pass or throw the ball away. Sure, he's not looking to scramble for no. yards. But if the middle opens up and he can see a direct path, and I need like seven yards, then he's he'll go going, for it. Well, he's a football player. He's just he's a football player. I like. And it. He talked about that today. I like it. All right, that's it. That's all you got. What was our friend that's coming in town that's looking for a place to to. Uh, He's suggesting something. Let me see. Either way. Alex from Ale- Kansas. Okay, Alex from Kansas. Listen, I don't know how many days you're going to be in, but what you do need to do is stop at a Beef O'Brady's, <laughs> whether you have a lunch or a dinner, because you're going to be here for more than one day. So you need to try that, because then you're going to understand what we've been talking about, and they're all over the Bay Area. So just Google Beefs when you're in the Tampa Bay Area, and you'll see it pop up. Because when you get there, you're going to find that they got wings, nachos, Angus burgers, beer, and when you put them all together, you're going to find out why I say you're going to get it all at Beef O'Brady's. And if you're hungry for tailgating, if you decide to tailgate, if you go, hey, I'm going to get the whole experience, uh, Beef O'Brady's has full-on catering. Beef O'Brady's where game time meets tailgating time. And uh, anything else, Mr. Smith? Just that the Buccaneers are 6-0 and at home this year yep. with more than 30, 37.5 points per game in those games. All right. And have a active streak, not counting the Super Bowl, of eight straight home victories haven't lost there in more than a calendar year and all we need is one more home game home win to win this division so prime uh, time home game let's go baby on those interesting stats since you did thanks for listening <laughs>